So we're back once again on the Moafa podcast. I'm joined by Michael Robbo Roberts. Kia ora, everyone. And um, unfortunately, Matt Wilson was unable to join us tonight, so we've got a special guest on the pod, and his name is Dan Parker, otherwise known as the Double Dan, and looking to become the Double Double Dan this season. Good evening. So um, let's just get straight into it. Uh, we'll start with you, Robbo. Last, last pod, a few of the boys having a crack at you. Do you want to give us a little update on how your season's been going in the past past few weeks? Um, well, uh, for those past listeners, they'll um, clearly remember that the um, the last pod, the lads gave me some advice um, and went something along the lines of um, drop a mini wild card and um, you know switch the team up. Um, and um, what do you know? I got Mo Salah in my team, and um, all of a sudden, four wins on the bounce in the in the Super League. Um, could manage to get myself, um, I guess, out of trouble for now. Um, good momentum, scoring scoring well. Uh, and who knew it was just as simple as I'm um, getting the highest scoring player in the game in your team. Um, yeah, fantasy seems super easy right now. Yeah, <laughs> and I think this is this is bodes well for you because I think historically you're a bit of a January monster. If I remember correctly, yeah. yeah, yeah, get get into that like mid-season grind, and just uh, just rack up those wins. Yeah, so I think what you're saying is there's a good chance we'll be seeing you in a final spot next time we get you on the pod. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that. And um, Dan, um, so double Dan, our our championship and Super League champion from last season. How how are you going? Uh, last few weeks have actually been bloody good, to be honest. I um, I dropped the wild card around about sort of game week eight, I think it was, and it's probably the best wild card I've ever played in my history of playing fantasy football. Where uh, I mean, I got in the what's become the template backline of uh, James Cancelo, Chilwell, uh, Trent, and Liberamento, and they've just carried me through to a good streak of wins. Uh, and yeah, I mean, November's traditionally a pretty good, pretty good time for me. And then, uh, yeah, now looking forward to my traditional Christmas crash. <laughs> um, on, uh, we'll just dive straight into it. And I know I've got some, you guys are going to chuck some things around about some teams, but question that's probably on everyone's lips, um, this week is Ben Chilwell, still hard to work out how bad his knee injury is. But most prognoses is he isn't going to play again this year, and he might not play again this season. I imagine. I know you're carrying Chilwell, Dan. Are you, Robbo? No, I'm. Uh, and on when and on Reese James, so yeah, um, don't nice. have a Chilwell problem at the moment. So I guess a question, and you don't have to give too much away, Dan. But what what, what what's your thinking on addressing that problem? Yeah, I mean. Weirdly, I was happy to see that if that makes sense. Like, I think a, a little bit of a little bit of chaos in the game is always a good thing, and he's he's quite a highly owned player. Yeah, and I don't mean this to sort of come off as a brag, but I was genuinely looking at my team this week, sort of scratching my head on what I was going to do, and it's 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 given me given me the answer <laughs> as a, a chill well out. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of options, I mean, I'm probably, I don't mind giving things away. I'm probably going to go Alonso, just a, a straight replacement. He um he was phenomenal at the start of the season. Then uh, Chilwell's been keeping him out. And I'd probably expect him to just come straight back in. 
yeah, yeah. I'm sort of I'm sort of in the same boat. I'm also looking at Regulon just because Spurs have nice fixtures. And the only yeah, I'll I'll probably end up dropping nuts and going Alonso. But the only thing is Alonso's not as good a defender as Chilwell. So what impact that might have on the Chelsea defence is sort of the nagging question in my mind. But I mean, it's also it's Chelsea backline what it's twenty four clean sheets in 50 games under Tuchel, which is a record for English teams. So, Yeah, I, I can see Spurs' defence improving, but I find it hard to trust. I mean, in the short term, some great fixtures, but also with the fixture congestion, surely Regulon's going to get injured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, maybe, but maybe the same would apply to Alonso, and you know, then Chelsea have no yeah. left backs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I was actually, I was talking to Matt Ryan last night, and he actually um, still has Alonso from, uh, you know, because <laughs> hey, rotation's not really his thing. <laughs> I was just like, well, great news about the Chilwell injury, then you know, just guys straight back in. Great time to be holding Alonso. So um, now nah, it'll be interesting how it works out, and I guess for guys. Yeah, um, who are looking to? I mean, if you do go from Chilwell to Alonso, and let's say you had James already, then yeah, yeah. Um, I guess you're staying with that double Chelsea defence. And I guess as you've pointed out, Stilo, it means those if you don't get those clean sheets, then that kind of hits a little bit different. Um, so yeah, a few different strategies to play with for sure. For sure. Um, so we'll go into the the first chunky item tonight, and we're doing a, a bit of a hot or not on what's going on in the leagues. Um, so, Dan, you're going to kick us off with a, a hot and a not for the Super League. Yeah, so uh, which, which way do you want me to start? The, uh, the hot or the not? I start with the... Totally up to you. Start with the not, then go to the hot. <laughs> start with the not? Well, yeah. uh, my not is uh, not one of the... Uh, not what you'd expect in terms of a... Sorry, am I going hot or not? You're going, you're not, you're going, you're not. Am I not? Yeah, thumbs so, down. Uh, yep, thumbs down. Uh, so, could be controversial, but uh, my not is actually going to be one of the one of the top teams in the, uh, the Super League, and it's what a moment FC, Jesse Fighting talk. Top, top dog on, uh, in the Super League, but the reason for it is this time last year, I heard Riwi on the podcast singing Farmer's praises about uh, his performance in the championship, about how he was definitely going to hit 2,400 points, how he was going to smash all records. And then over the second half of the season, we just saw a gradual collapse from him. And I am definitely predicting a repeat in the Super League this year. Nice. I like that. You got anything to say there, Robbo? Uh, um, no, I think I just wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess um, the one thing Jesse did is he comprehensively got himself promoted out of the B League. So maybe maybe it's not. Maybe he's one of those players, sort of like myself when I was good at the game, who doesn't get doesn't always get big scores but sneaks those wins. But I do like the fighting talk, and I do think. Um, we might have to get Jesse on the pod in a few weeks. Give him a right of reply. <laughs> I welcome it. On the, actually, on the themes of not, Robbo, well, should we dive into your, your not? Yeah, all right. Um, so my not is um, 
Stinton FC United. Um, so I went through the like the extremely um, scientific basis of just looking at the lowest scoring players in the um, in the championship over November. So I guess that's actually only two game weeks so far. But um, yeah, Anthony Bonao um, only scored thirty four points last time out. Um, Seventy five points for the month. Uh, <laughs> things are bad, uh, very very bad. Um, so he's. Um, sitting, yeah, 19th in the B League at the moment. And um, looking at his team, it's just in big, big trouble. Um, he uh, does actually have Ben Chilwell, so he will be, um, again, uh, I guess, devastated with the news that he might be out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's got some good players, but they're just definitely not um, firing at the moment. And uh, the team looks like needs a massive overhaul. Um, don't know whether he's got the wild card in the bank or not, but um, yeah, if he's going to be scoring some high scores in the weeks moving forward, um, he's going to, yeah, definitely going to have to switch things up, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, he's interesting because obviously last last pot out, we sort of dismissed the fatherhood fe- theory, the parenthood theory mm-hmm. on affecting your team. Although if anyone has that as an excuse, it's Barney who, who has twins, although Diggy mm-hmm. does and he's not doing so poorly. But also, I think Barney's more at a historical disadvantage being Barney. Yeah, yeah I think so. Just a um, persistent battler. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging around, though. He contributes. We love yeah. having you, Barney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so moving on to the hot, uh, Dan, do you want to do you want to throw your hot out there? Yeah, my uh, my hot's actually the uh, the man sitting down at eighth in the Super League, uh, Grant Rewe's uh, Baller United. Now, the reason for that is he's sitting at second in the championship at the moment. He's, he came out, so he, he played his wild card at the same time as me, and I think we had one or two players, players different. And he's actually gone on and has had some bloody good scores. He's just had some really unlucky results. Like, for example, he just dropped two, uh, by two points to Danger Zone a couple of weeks ago. But I could definitely see him sort of having a bit of a push up the push up the table in the coming weeks. Uh, I know Riwi's going to quite quite um, enjoy this because he sort of has almost appointed himself as the double double Dan destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely out to get Dan. Um, yeah, he didn't do so well at that last time. <laughs> he's shooting for the top. But um, no, it's, it's good to see it's good to see Riwi doing so well. Um, as a man of science, he um, will be enjoying that his theories are being proved correct at the moment. But um, yeah, yeah, no, good to see. And Robbo, who's your hot in the B League? Um, so, yeah, so we're just going for a Moafa board love in here, and I'm actually going <laughs> to um, nominate um, Callum Campbell and Mangaraki Town um, as my um, hot team for the moment. Um, again, looking at those um, those scores over November. Um, Actually, like the like most of the top ten uh, um, super league teams, but um, in terms of the best performing B league teams, um, Callum's uh, right up there. Um, so seventy five points last time out, um, and his team looks solid. Like he, I know last time on the pod he talked about you know kind of um, doing something a little bit different or or driving a little bit, and his team you know has gone in some different places um, to to what we might. Um, regularly see so for example no Chelsea defender in his team at the moment but um, in terms of the points totals he's racking them up and I think he's he's sitting fifth in the B league there's a little cluster of teams there 
Um, so getting himself right in the mix for um, for promotion, possibly. So, yeah, big ups to CC. Nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me two weeks ago. So, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I think I think it's fair to say that both leagues have got um, are shaping up to be good battles. I know in the B League, personally, I've... Um, I've had some good results, but there's Gooch, Jared, Matt Sad, CC, all chasing me down. Um, and then in the, I know in the Super League, Jesse's on top, but there's the guys like Dan and Riwi hunting him, and Matt Wilson thinks he's got a shot as well. Matt Wilson's more likely to be uh, joining like the little like bottom cluster that we got going on. Sucked into the madness. Yeah. So, yeah, so good review of the leagues. Um, so we've got some questions. We've got a, quite a few questions chucked through this week. So I'm just going to sort of take them as they come. So the first question is from Jesse Hutton, and he's asking an opinion on Man United assets un- now under Carrick or basically whoever's going to be the interim to the interim. Um, as a United fan, you could probably kick us off, Robbo. Yeah, I just think, I think um, the like what you've just said there in terms of additional commentary to the question basically says it all if you want a serious answer um it's probably like wait and see and like what they actually do with the with the interim manager like whether it's um Carrick staying on for a bit longer or I've seen Valverde linked um and so if another guy comes in and you don't really know um yeah, like I guess who's who's gonna be up and who's gonna be down. But yeah, I mean if if you want a super like hot take um, then perhaps um, Jaden Sancho could be a guy to get on. Um, you know, it's like stuff has to start going better for him yeah. than what it has so far. Um, and potentially a new manager, like, you know, is going to give him opportunities. But, and personally, I'm a, I'd be a kind of like wait and see two or three weeks just to see how it all um, shakes down before like making a move or not. But yeah. Um, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's timed pretty well where there's, Leicester this weekend, and then it's Chelsea and Man City. So, I mean, we're not going to be looking to bring in any Man U assets over the next few game weeks anyway, which gives us that chance to see how they are shaping up and how they're looking. And then around about game week sort of 15, 16, the fixtures turn and they have a great run over Christmas. And, I mean, personally, the reason I've got Kane in is I'm hoping Ronaldo sort of starts to look good again and and he's the placeholder for him. So this is this is where my hot take comes in. And I think United will be assets will be good and using assets deliberately as opposed to asset once Ronaldo is no longer the focal point of that team. Mm-hmm. I think he will get points for himself and he'll score the old goal as we're seeing. But if they continue to build the team around him, I think the returns won't be that well spread. But, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens game week 15, game week 16. If they can get a manager who can manage Ronaldo in the correct way, where essentially he's coming on for the half hour when they're chasing games and need a goal, as opposed to plugging up the field for the full 90 in terms of how they play. But I think in terms of fantasy points, Ronaldo will get them if he takes the field. We've all seen that. What are, what are your thoughts, thoughts on the, uh, the possibility of Rashford? coming in as an option i think it it would definitely it would help the way they play and it probably starts to make those assets like sancho and like bruno fernandez um 
more appetizing as well because he's more of a guy who will join the join the attack and defend from the front and also look to bring players in, whereas Ronaldo obviously stands at that pointy end and everything's directed towards him. Because he, uh, he could definitely be one that I could see becoming a good Sun alternative sort of in a few weeks' time, sort of for those that went Sun instead of Kane and yeah, they want to jump on Spurs and, yeah, take advantage of that swing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely want to keep an eye on him because he's proven, him and Greenwood have proven if they can get a run of games where they're fit, mm. they're quite consistent the scorers. Yeah, it's just that fitness thing, though, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Cheers for that question, Jesse. The next one is from um, Ian Fraser, and I'll direct this towards you, Dan, at first. And the question is, when would you not captain Salah? Uh, well, when he's over playing AFCON, will probably be a good time to, <laughs> to not captain him. <laughs> But I was uh, in the sort of more medium term. I was I was having a look at the the fixtures, and around about game week fifteen, there was an opportunity where uh, I mean, if if Spurs do start firing and Kane does sort of get some of that uh, English form, Spurs are playing Norwich at home, and I mean Norwich have actually been a little bit better sort of in the last week, but I mean that could be a great opportunity because. Uh, was it? Yeah, Liverpool are playing Wolves away, and I mean Wolves. You look at that and sort of think it's an easy fixture, but defensive stats-wise, they're actually not bad. Yeah. You got anything, Robo? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think the big thing to like acknowledge is um, Ian Fraser captaining Cancelo last week, um, and that absolutely coming off. Um, yeah. It was like it was very impressive. Um, so I think, yeah, like he's obviously a guy who's like willing to, um, I guess, take some risks or kind of move away from the, from the template. For my, for me, like personally, I guess, um, just enjoying like racking up those constant returns every week. And it's very hard to see a, a time when I'm not going to be captaining Salah. Although, um, Dan, I will take your advice about not captaining him while he's at AFCON. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's got to, like, yeah, I think you've got to be looking at um, one of your other, like, yeah, high-scoring guys, like maybe looking at those defenders like Cancelo or James or something like that if it is, like, a favourable fixture. Yeah. Um, and then that Liverpool fixture is looking, like, a little bit more difficult. Like, perhaps you would you would do something different and not Captain Salah then. But I think he seems, like, the best thing about Salah is he's, like, obviously fixture-proof. So it's, like, even then, I think, you know, yeah, yeah. I was easy just to go with him. Yeah, I was sort of thinking about this myself because I saw Ian Captain Cancelo and it came off for him. Mm. But like looking at it, Salah, we're only what not that far into the season. He's already forty six points ahead of anyone else. That I think mm. basically his lowest return's been five points or something crazy. Mm. And I mean, FPL is a game of randomness to some extent and luck and when we have someone who's presenting themselves as a, a surefire captain that feels way less risky than ever before, it's kind of like jump on that because you're sort of everyone, everyone who's the top players are putting Solar as captain. So you sort of use that as a safety net and maybe you can do some funky stuff with the rest of your team. Yeah. I mean, well, I've got uh, Ian Fraser this weekend, so I kind of hope he uh, tries some funky stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, know, um, I know where my captaincy will be. <laughs> the next question is, um, who do you have to root around here to get a bit of a water cooler chat from from Jesse Farmer? Um, I can't remember if it was Cease. Yeah, unfortunate that... Willie, well, Willie, it was Willie's water cooler. Yeah, water Willie, cooler, yeah. Willie at the water cooler. So I think he was just really hoping that Matt Olson was going to be on tonight. So <laughs> Jesse's just going to have to root around a bit longer. <laughs> and the next question actually comes from um, from our special guest, Dan. So I think you'll have to answer this one first, Robbo. And hopefully you, you um, have been watching Ted Lasso. But the question is, with so many managers getting the axe lately, right. what Premier League yeah. team would benefit the most from Ted Lasso being named as their new manager? Um, so I think like the great thing about Ted Lasso is he's a, um, rather than a tactics guy, he's a great man manager. And you know, um, there's one club that's um, almost exclusively worked off the basis of having a man manager rather than a tactics guy for the last three and a half years, and that's Manchester <laughs> United. So um, Ted Lasso seems a natural fit there. Um, aside from that, um, thoughts are probably... I mean, Watford seem willing to give basically anyone a go. So, um, like, probably six you weeks of Ted Lasso at Watford would be you right can see point. You can uh, see um, Ted Lasso when Richmond finally win the Premier League, being on the pitch, singing Nessim Dorma with um, yeah. Andre yeah. Bocelli, right? Because <laughs> that actually happened. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, your your thoughts, um, Dan. Where would you direct I, Mr. Lasso? I, I think uh, Spurs stuffed up by uh, giving it to Conte, and they should have got Lasso in. I think they, uh, they did get him on a short term deal way back in the day, yeah, didn't they? But yeah. they could obviously couldn't yeah, get no, him across no, the line. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, I think he'd be uh, he'd be the man to sort of really get uh, Kane to buy in, and uh, sort of turn turn his attitude around. I think a um, Conte Lasso double ticket would be like the angel and devil. It'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who hasn't watched, it's so good. Yeah, so, I highly recommend. This this question is from Callum, and I, we probably haven't done. I haven't done any research on this, so I'll be surprised what you guys can come off the top of your head. But he's saying, say you're committed to a four-three-three. Pick three forwards, one expensive, one mid-range, and one cheap to form the elusive balanced forward line. I mean, I have some, like I have some thoughts, but Dan, I think you can go first. You can go first, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I think this is interesting because, I mean, just looking at sort of my team where I've got uh, Kane, Wilson, and Jimenez, uh, I think those three sort of are great over the next couple of fixtures, but there's a massive fixture swing when it comes to some of the top boards coming up. So yeah. sort of, I think if you're, if you're looking at the short term, uh, I think Kane's kind of your number one go-to uh, with the fixtures at the moment. With, uh, I mean, I, I quite like Wilson over the next few um, with Eddie Howe coming in, being reunited with him. Uh, I brought him in sort of a couple of weeks ago. Uh, sort of, I, I hoped uh, sort of one of the three goals might have gone his way last weekend, but yeah. no luck. Uh, sort of cheap over the next couple of weeks, not too sure. Um, but uh, I mean, Ben Teke is actually sort of one that I'd, I'd throw out there. Ben Teke and Chris Wood sort of sit in a similar sweet spot for me where they seem to have started to pick up goals. Their fixtures aren't... Teke's, Teke's just out of the blue started started firing them in. He's um, 
I noted, I had a look. He, he's got three goals in the last four games, and he's he's topping the stats tables. Like he's actually out of the blue doing really bloody well. He's sort of gone. I don't. I don't. I don't know was... if I'd trust it, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, him and um, yeah, him and then Chris Wood, who's just sort of, he's consistently ten goals a season, isn't he? Which, as a third striker, if you can afford him, isn't bad. It's just making sure he's on the field when he gets those ten goals. Your thoughts? You got any thoughts, Robbo? Um, yeah, I guess um, yeah, the way I attack the question is kind of um, like I'm, I don't necessarily buy into the like high like high mid range cheap like structure in terms of like how you um how you play your three forwards and um then when I was looking at my own team I'm just gonna like blow my own trumpet but um I was looking at my own team and like I guess I haven't changed my forwards since my wild card in game week eight but now I own um like three of the top nine scoring forwards in the game. Yeah. Um, in terms of Jimenez, um, Jesus, and Tony, um, but I think that like the really challenging thing about um, Fords this year is that yeah, there's um, there's nobody's really scoring consistently. It's like in fits and bursts. Um, yeah, you're not getting like uh, consistent production, particularly out of some of those um, like higher value guys. So you're thinking like Kane, Lukaku, yeah. um, even Ronaldo. It's not like that. I guess their production isn't happening in a way that you really want to um, like invest in that. And so for the dollars <laughs> you have to spend. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I think there's, there's definitely different ways to go about it. Um, and then the other thing I guess I was looking at when I was kind of looking at those highest scoring forwards, like I'll just quickly run you through now the teams that the highest scoring forwards play for in order the top 10. Uh, West Ham, Leicester, Newcastle, Watford, Wolves, Man City, Norwich, Watford, Brentford, Man United. And I guess it's just kind of, um, yeah, that kind of says that it's not like, your, I guess, your big dog strikers from your big teams are scoring most points. It's kind of like actually the, the guys who are scoring are kind of coming from, from all over the place. So I think there's lots of different ways to do it. And it's probably like, one of the most interesting parts of the game at the moment in terms of like different approaches to that forward line, like at the back, lots of very similar teams, maybe in midfield too, but forwards there's, yeah, I guess lots of variety. I think we sort of wish that we could be like Pep Guardiola and not play a striker and just play five defenders and five midfielders, right? (laughs) In terms of value for money, because you look at the top scoring players behind Salah and it's Trina Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, Ben Chilwell and Cantelo. So to have those guys, you make sacrifices up front. And at the start of the season when Lukaku signed, it looked like, oh, it might be three premium forwards for this season. And it's actually turned into like four premium defenders and Mo Salah. Mm. Which, which again just shows how like all those great theories that people have just get blown out of the water when teams actually start playing. The thing is, like Chelsea don't even miss Lukaku. No. no. They're like probably the best team in Europe and they're very expensive forward isn't even playing yeah. so we're running out of time because I'm too cheap to upgrade to premium zoom so we'll run through the last couple of questions um, and this one is first from G. Rewe and he's asking with the Victoria Cup imminent do you do something silly like dismantle your team to match up against your opponent 
or do you just back your team to win irrespective of who you're playing? And this probably goes to, this is a bigger existential question about how you play fantasy Premier League in a world where we have an overall points championship and a head-to-head championship. Um, starting with you, Robbo. Um, I think as G also made an additional comment that there's only one right answer to this question. And the, the, right, answer like is to, um, the right answer is to try and score as many points as possible and the way you do that is backing your team and not like blowing your team up depending on your fixture. Yeah, I'm sure you're probably in agreement there, Dan. Yeah, personally, although I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, Willie did miss out because he is the sort of man that will sort of analyse his opposition's team <laughs> and, and sort of fret mm. over how they're going to sort of... <laughs> beat every specific player on that team and what are they going to do, who are they going to captain uh, whereas yeah, I mean I tend to just pick who I think is going to score the most points Yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting that G asked this question um, I'm sure if he was to win the Victoria Cup he'd be fucking stoked because he hasn't won anything before but that's just me <laughs> <laughs> and the last question is also from G and he's asking for our way too early Super League relegation and B League promotion teams. So I don't really know much about the Super League table. So I'll let you boys sort of, who do you think is going to go down? I mean, surprise package and Keita are just sitting at the bottom, sort of just waiting to be relegated. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, based, based on current form, it's like those guys are, um, those guys are struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah, aside from that, I think other teams that could get into that mix, um, Marksman, like Mark's, Mark McLeod, always, you know, with his um, alternative team selections, <laughs> um, is always in danger of getting in trouble. Um, yeah, but I guess, yeah, the guys that are down there at the moment, they're already, um, I guess, uh, about six points away from getting out of the relegation zone. So they're in trouble. Yeah, um, I, what do you think? Look, I, I could see, um, I think Bonoppi's sitting third to bottom and I had a quick look and he's actually looking pretty good. I could see him climbing out of that zone. Mate, it's because he's uh, like, I mean... Like Marcus I never Mark gets relegated. So yeah, I love, <laughs> love Marcus as much as the next guy though, but you can't, you can't really like look at his team as like an indication of what his team's going to be because he makes like five transfers a week. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go down though. Yeah, I'm still, <laughs> Yeah, Steele, what do you think in terms of um, the B-League? B-League right? promotion. My, uh, so my favourite favorite to win the B-League still is Shane Gooch, just from sheer effort and research that that man puts into the game. Um, I think Matt Sad will obviously be hoping to do well. He had a bit of a stumble after he played his wild card early, but it seems to have come right. Um, and then Jared and Callum, are sort of hovering around there. I would like to back myself to go up, but it's it's bloody tricky. And I think these Christmas fixtures, particularly this year with COVID hanging around in the UK, could throw a few grenades grenades through some people's lineups. So my approach to the lead up to this Christmas period is actually to not be afraid to take some hits, to try and trying to play from in front as opposed to trying to just play it safe. So as yeah, a, try. as a dark horse, I wouldn't put it past uh, Diggy Norman with Barry Spursy getting up there. 
I've been having a few chats with him and he is very engaged this season. And I think uh, having had that first season under his belt, I could see him sort of being a bit of a team on the rise. He went close last season as well. That's the thing. His first season, he went really close. And it was just that actually the quality in the B-League last season in terms of who went up was very strong. So I think, yeah. I think, uh, think, uh, yeah, yourself, Steele and and Gooch, I think are probably probably top two and then it could be a battle for that third spot. Yeah. Long way to go. But it's enjoyable sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, cheers for joining me tonight, lads. And we'll um, we'll sign off there. Um, and we will get together in a few weeks' time for another chat with, with some different faces and maybe some rebuttals and some points chucked out tonight. So, um, yes. So, good night from me and good night from Dan and Robbo. Yeah, good yeah. night, guys. Thanks for having me on. Mate.